Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money and Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Sharika Alford, here with... And Trisha Bray Smith. <laughs> hey, and Trisha Bray Smith, it is good to see you today. It's good to be here. How are you? Oh, I'm good. 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 Lovely, lovely afternoon and got my handy dandy ah. <laughs> coffee here. <laughs> Well, with today's topic, I thought maybe I needed to have a cup of tea because I want to get the tea from you as far as your viewpoint about financial literacy in the church. <laughs> you you might have opened up a can of words with that one. I don't know if tea is enough. To... <laughs> I don't well... know if tea is enough. To to sip through that one okay yeah 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 <laughs> i mean because you know when we think about you know the church or um a religious organization whether it be your temple synagogue or whatever have you um we think of a place where we go for support and uh to learn about love and lessons to help us get through this journey of life a little bit easier but um I noticed in my 40 plus years, you know, I've, I've been to several different churches, been a part of the congregation and or visited. And the majority that I have attended or been a part of, they seem to be um, lacking in the area of, of teaching the members of the congregation about financial literacy and matters of how to better handle finances. And I personally, I think that is very important. I mean, what better way to show love than to teach someone how to uh, provide for themselves and their families and whatnot. So based upon what you've I guess, observed and been a part of, um, what are your viewpoints about teaching financial literacy in the church? Do you think there, that's a place to do that or no? Well, first and foremost, uh, let me just say that the traditional church has failed in this area. Let's face it. I'm a little older than you and my first financial lessons came from you. <laughs> oh, and I've been a part of the church all my life. And the only thing that I've ever heard in the traditional church about finances is give, give, and give. But on the flip side of that, sometimes I question if I don't have it to give, how am I expected to give? And so many times growing up and uh, trying to find my way in the church and trying to establish a uh, personal relationship with my creator for myself, I found myself giving, giving and giving until I had nothing left to give. And then I'm lacking in my household. Mm -hmm. So I question what kind of creator wants me to give all I have to this institution or to this organization, and yet my own storehouse is lacking. 
I don't know where my next meal is going to come from. I don't have money to go to the store to get a loaf of bread. I have to go and borrow the money to do that. But yet I left what little I did have at the church on Sunday morning. Yeah, that, um, <laughs> and, and I'm, and before I even say anything any further, I am speaking, anything that I say is in general terms. Um, I do realize depending upon where you are, things may be different, but as interest pointed out, we're speaking from a traditional, I'll say, I'll say a traditional black church. Let's just put that out there. Well, okay. well, we can, we can say traditional black church because that's where our experiences have stemmed from. Truth be told, what I'm finding as I expand my uh, network is that the white people, the white churches, the Asian people, their churches, uh, Hispanic people, their, their institution, all the same because traditionally we are governed by the old Roman way of teaching, the old Roman way. And, and we know what that is. We know who's superior. We know uh, who's strongest. <laughs> we know who's considered elite and, and, and supposed to be in leadership. We know the ideal look of what something is supposed to look like. And yet that teaching seeps over into the traditional church and we are growing farther and far, farther into bondage. And much abundant, uh, uh, abundance if you want to oppress a people, a culture of people, what better way to oppress them is by the mindset and the finances. Because your mindset is going to dictate and determine where you're going and your finances are gonna dictate how far you can go. Because let's face it, we all need financial resources to move ahead or to get ahead or just to survive That's let's right. just talk not even ahead let's just <laughs> let's just go with day to day <laughs> you know um and and in thinking about this it's kind of heartbreaking because i think about it um from my observations the majority of the congregation is made up of women and in a lot of cases they are like single mothers, you know, and I just watch them and, and just sit back and I'm just like, wow, you know, we, it's good to learn, like I said, about the love and, and the stewardship and the giving. Yes, that's all good stuff, but, um, you know, it goes along the lines of give a man a fish, he eats for a day, teach him how to fish, he eats for a lifetime or, you know, whatever, have away that proverb. Yeah, goes, and, but, and let's, let's face it, while you say that and the thought comes to mind, and if I'm dependent on you to feed me, a lot of times we're in lack. <laughs> and so that's the direction of the, the, the church a lot of times, because many of us as single parents, we're going to the church to find where we belong. 
That, that, that's the place we're supposed to be able to trust and to get that guidance that we lack in our life. And if I'm depending on you to feed me, then you feeding me is dependent on how much you're able to manipulate me and string me alone to do what you want me to do. Let's face it, some of the greatest manipulators that we know to date are leaders in our traditional churches. And most of them are broke and they're dependent on the single mother or that woman, so to speak, that silly woman to manipulate them so that they can grant, uh, gain or have that greater influence of power over the people. Okay. It, <laughs> and just so that we're clear, we're not church bashing because I'm just speaking, like I said, some. Now there are other churches that I have observed like here in my local area, um, they do things like they'll have like the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University, which I've seen that advertised in the area. And I think, I mean, I think that's a great place to start. Now, true enough, as far as my personal outlook on Dave Ramsey and his guidelines, um, they're good if you're beginning out, of course, for me personally, I, I tweak it just like anything else you learn about with finances. You, you learn it as a guideline and you tweak it to fit your personal situation. Um, also, I know one of the churches that we were a member of, they had members of their congregation. Uh, one of the ladies, she was in finances, her and her husband, they did an excellent workshop. And that was one, that made one of the biggest differences within our household, as far as my husband and I, you know, he went, or we both went to the workshop and it totally changed his frame of mind and his thought processes. So that, I mean, that helped out a great deal. So I guess today, the whole point of this episode is if you are in leadership in the church, or even if you attend a church or a religious organization, seek, go to your leadership and ask them uh, to do something as far as teaching the congregation about financial literacy. <laughs> just let's just no, and you laugh. Let's just Wait a you minute. laugh. Wait a minute. How are you gonna see something you don't know? Okay. You you have the scripture, but you have no knowledge whatsoever how to <laughs> discern or to uh dictate that scripture for what it means well i mean we still, we, we still we still teaching be fruitful and multiply which got these young ladies thinking they ought to go out here and have all these babies come on now so so how you if you can't rightly uh discern the word of truth how you gonna teach something you don't know and, and let me let, let me clear up because you did say we're not bashing the church and you're right i'm not bashing nobody but what I can say is this is the 21st century and the world, so to speak, has evolved. People are evolving and people don't want to hear that watered down gospel that instead of you preaching the word and really tapping into your creator and what he says for this day and time, you're still teaching us that old um, 19th century way of uh, of teaching keeping people oppressed not only are you teaching us and we oppressed but you oppressed too you ain't living no better than we are 
you you struggling and having to borrow money from the church and do all that kind of stuff. So so do better. So so now I'm not bashing you, but what I'm saying is if you don't know it, stop trying to have so much influence or, or so much uh, power control over the church body that you can't even reach out to your members who you want the money from, who you want to bring money to help you in areas that you're not equipped or to reach out to a community organization or to reach out to um, somebody that can help not only the church thrive, but the families that come collectively together week after week so that you can all thrive. Because I don't wanna go and sit in a half a million dollar uh, building on Sunday morning to worship a God who says that I have to come here to sit in luxury and then I'm going back home and I'm threatening my lights to be cut off or me and my kids are sleeping on mattresses on the floor. Those days are over. When I didn't know any better, I didn't seek out better. But now that I know better, any church or organization or institution that I walk into, I am looking for who is really tapped into the truth. And that truth is not only does the pastor have influence, not only does the pastors have knowledge, but everyone collectively together is important to the body of Christ. Let's exactly. just face it. So no, I'm not bashing you, but I am challenging you to come on out of that oppressive way of thinking, grow up and do better. Right, right. And, and Aunt Trish, you said, well, how can you teach something you don't know? Um, just a few suggestions. I know, check with the local credit union. I know they have people that work there that would be willing to come to, you know, if you contact them and ask, you don't have to pay them or anything. They will come out and do like a work financial education workshop free of charge. Um, maybe the people that you bank with, I don't, I'm more of a credit union person. I don't do banks, but if you bank, I would think if you bank and you put your money in an institution, if you reach out to them um, and check to see if they have a representative that would come out and just give like a financial workshop, um, presentation to your congregation, more than likely they probably will. You just tell them, hey, you can leave some business cards or something behind. Um, also, books. You, hey, look, financial education simplified. And Trisha Bray Smith, if you're dealing with beginners, uh, this is a resource. You can go to Amazon and, and order a few copies of it and pass it around. And maybe on a Wednesday or Saturday or whenever you, you get together, go through that. So, I mean, there are, there are different ways. You can start teen ministry, many money lessons for teens, start them out early. I mean, hey, there are so many resources, you know, they're either free or inexpensive. And so um, we don't have any excuses for not. <laughs> we just don't. And, and, you know, I commend these uh, new churches that are evolving and stepping out of the traditional way of teaching and bondage because it sets more of us up for success. 
they are looking at legacy. They are looking to impact generations and break these generational cycles of poverty. Yet, many of us are reluctant or we're hesitant to get involved in these new evolving churches because we have been so brainwashed against abundance and prosperity. And I don't know where that come from because the creator that I serve, he is all things. And all things, because I am his, I inherit. We learn about, we're preached on all the time about abundance and none of us know how to go out and get it. And I tell you that that abundant life, that health, that wealth, that influence, that power, that success is tied up into your financial education. And being that we're in the church, because nine times out of 10, let's face it, we're not going anywhere else. We trust the church. And if we're not going to get it in the church, we're not going to get it because we're not going to pick up a book to figure out what it is we need to know to connect our missing pieces. So if you don't want Negro folks to know something, if you don't want poor folks to know something, if you don't want oppressed people to know something, hide it behind the cover of a book because they will not, absolutely will not pick it up and read it. Oh, wow. Huh. If you're just now joining us today on the Money and Mindset podcast, we are talking about financial literacy in the church. Um, I'm curious, send us an email at moneyandmindsetpodcast at gmail.com or leave a comment on the socials and, and let us know um, what does your church congregation do as far as teaching financial literacy to the members? Because again, um, just as important as love, you know, love thy neighbors and love God and be respectful and all the things. Yes, that those those are all very important teachings. Um, however, we also need to know how to uh, be good stewards. You know, that's important. And how can we be good stewards if we don't know how to properly manage our finances? So, yeah, let me let me know. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious too. <laughs> I'm curious too. And with the information you're getting, I'm also more curious to know how well is that working for you? Right. It's, it's one thing to tell me and preach to me what to do, but it's another to take me by the hand to show me how to do it. And I guess that's what makes much of the work that we do so different than um, the other people. Because we come from this side of the tracks we know the challenges that people face from our side of the track and so we're able to take them step by step in our books in our teachings in our broadcast in our podcast to show them not only what to do but why it's important to do and step by step how to do it and so Stop waiting on the church and using that as an excuse and stop saying, well, mama and them didn't teach me that and immerse yourself into the environment 
conducive to that in which you want to learn. Because the traditional churches, I'm still a member of a traditional church now. So, so don't get that twisted. But uh, they're not teaching anything about financial literacy. And what they are teaching when they do talk about finances, um, most of them don't have a clue. And they're teaching from the place of lack and poverty and mediocrity. And it's time to evolve from that. So judge a tree, and I just put a post on social media about that this morning. You judge uh, your trees by the fruit that it bears. You can't teach me about this abundant God that you serve. And you're, you can't overcome that cycle of debt or that mediocre mindset. So what is it that you really are learning or teaching or, or seeking out? Is it really God or, or your creator or your God? Or is it your own mind, your own thoughts that are speaking back to you? I always say that there's nothing wrong with you reading the Bible or anything else or, or praying even so to speak except you're reading it through the lens of your own mindset and we know that new wine cannot dwell uh, with the old wine the old wine skin it just does not work like that and many people we know have not gone to work on this mindset I work with my mindset first that way, when I read something and I'm trying to interpret something and get a new understanding or a revelation of something, it's not perceived through an old mindset, old preconditioned ways of doing things. It is fresh and it's new. Renew your mind daily. That's what our word tells us to do. Many of us renew our minds once a week or once a month or once a year when we're out here trying to make these new resolutions. This is a daily work. I understand that now. I understand that if I don't get up in the morning and meditate, I understand that if I don't get up in the morning and be conscious about the amount of money I have and what I have to spend, if I'm not conscious about my budget from one day to the next, then I fall back into the cycle of those old ways of doing things. So it is a daily walk. It is a walk of discipline. It is a walk of being intentional with whatever it is that I am or have been uh, commissioned to be steward over. And I take that very seriously. My voice, I'm speaking words and life into you. And if I do anything else with this mouth, than to educate you and empower you and encourage you, then I'm not living up to my purpose and I'm not being a good steward over what my creator purpose for me to do. So right. finances are important. We can't get through life without it. Don't let anybody fool you into thinking that you aren't created to be prosperous and live an abundant life understand what that means right get a book <laughs> get an audio <laughs> 
listen to good podcasts. And if anything's telling you anything different than that, I don't care if it's even in your own traditional church. If you want better, you're going to seek out better. Right. That's right. And, and I'm going to say this and we'll wrap this up. Um, money is not evil. <laughs> so if, if you, for whatever reason, believe that money is evil, let me help you out with that. Money is absolutely not evil. It is a tool. And just as with any other tool, hammer, screwdriver, whatever, when it's used for its intended purpose, in the most efficient manner, then it will work out best for you. So money is not evil. I know that people go, I guess it's a scripture, some of the, the love of money. Now, of course, if you go going out doing any and everything to get it, it's still not the money. It's your actions that's evil. So let's, let's, let's be clear. Money is not evil. It is a very necessary tool and it is up to us to use it in the best way possible. Um, in order for it to help our family and those, you know, those of us who are around us. So just keep that in mind. Um, now, Trisha, you have anything else to add before we wrap this up? Not if you want to keep my religious beliefs <laughs> intact. What do you say? How people say you don't want me to lose my religion? <laughs> no, well, I'm good. I'm I'm good. Reach out to me, ask me a question. Let's talk. Let's it, it is what it is. I want to see people win. Yes, yes, people win. And again, go. there's something wrong with me if I only want myself <laughs> to win. I want to see us all win. Yes, and there are people that are qualified to help. Again, local credit unions, they have representatives. Just get with them. They will come out and, and speak with your congregation. Um, check with your bank. And again, Dave hey, Ramsey's I even come speak key. to your congregation. The, I come speak to your women's group, your missions group. I mean, it, it's people out there in your own congregation now that are come right. speak to you. We're yep. in your neighborhoods. We'll come right. speak to you. Not we just only have that, to make we'll, it a priority. We'll even bring you a book. <laughs> just make it a priority. <laughs> you ain't got all right. no excuses in this, <laughs> in this season. Because, girl, we all in this crisis together. And we don't have no excuses. And I believe that this is what our creator is trying to uh, reveal to each of us. We don't have no excuse. And if we look into him, we ought to see him. And we ought to see him in his glory now more than ever before. That's right. All right. Well, on that note, that concludes this episode of the Money and Mindset podcast. Until next time, take care. Mm. Mm.